Hey, by the way, uh, do I sound less echoey now? Yeah. Because my comforter is over my entire self and microphone <laughs> and laptop right now. A monster cave? Is that what's happening? <laughs> it is a monster cave. I'm going to overheat and die. <laughs> sound great. That's awesome. I just, I'm inspired to do the same thing. I'm going to get this shit going. Chris, it really does sound good. No. Damn it. Why must my genius be so hot? <laughs> Cool. Everybody ready? Yeah, let's let's tackle this fucked up piece of shit. Why, hello, everybody. Welcome back to Read It and Weep. This is episode number 38. We are the podcast about bad books, movies, and television. But mostly we're a show about pain. So today we're talking about the first quarter or so of Atlas Shrugged by Anne Rand. An important note for you, though. Uh, we won't be taking the philosophy of the book very seriously, just as the philosophical community doesn't. Instead, <laughs> we will be uh, treating this as a work of fiction, just like anything else we've read. If you hate yourself, you can read along with us. Uh, you can get the book for free, and it's a bridged version, at audiblepodcast.com slash weep all one word. And you can go there, and they will give you, uh, if you sign up for the trial subscription, just for being our fan, they'll give you a free audiobook, which you can download and hate. Um, the abridged version is like 10, 12 hours maybe. Uh, we listened to the full version, which was 12 hours just for the first quarter. <laughs> we would have already been done. Yeah. We could have. Oh, I know, yeah. L.A. Candy would have been over. <laughs> and, and would have accomplished about as much. I could have watched a full season of Cougar Town. <laughs> but why? Yeah, but, but why? Would that have been any better? I don't know. I don't know either. Anyway, so so do sign up for that trial subscription, get the free audiobook, because that's how we pay for our show is by people doing that and you get to keep the book even if you cancel your subscription like five minutes later you can just cancel if you did that that would be okay we can't tell you to do that for obvious reasons but then Anne Rand uh, would not be getting any money in her estate which is useful is it Anne or Um, Ayn? it's Ayn it's Ayn so so some people say Ayn and for the sake of this show I I don't think she's earned a a snazzy pronunciation um, I, I actually, it's it's part of one of my bits, so I, I'd really appreciate it if we could say I'm. <laughs> okay, I think comedy trumps respect. I, I it's not it. it's not deference at this point, so um, I need the, I need this setup is what I say. <laughs> that is completely fair. So uh, I will I'll see if I can remember that from here on out. Thank you. Since you're hearing all these wonderful voices, I should tell you who you're listening to. Uh, let me introduce today's panel. First up, he's good at everything. Business, philosophy, tennis, marbles, even date rape. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Ezra. Hey, I'm tired of spending my money, so I'm just going to use it to make you lose money. <laughs> uh, also joining us today, he's breaking the glass ceiling by showing that a woman can be anything she wants to be, so long as that's soulless and evil. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Chris. Hey, you can tell I think I'm like a man because I wear suit. <laughs> 
<laughs> also, uh, a returning guest today, uh, joining us again, he's just invented a whole new way to be bad at parties for less money. It's called Reardon Awkwardness. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's welcome Nick back to the program. I like to give my wife gifts that I really like, but <laughs> she thinks I'm kind of a dick for <laughs> <laughs> I also like symbolic gifts that are chains on women. <laughs> because it symbolizes my control and dominance over them. That was the best line ever. It was um that was like there was there's nothing more feminine than uh, than seeing her with a chain on uh <laughs> yeah. on her wrist. So that was the ultimate like ex- expression of femininity. How how much of this do we attribute to uh to just the times? And how much of this is her fucked up brain? You know, I'm going to say it was never um, the most uh, feminine thing to be chained up. <laughs> <laughs> like, not, not even 1957. I don't think that was the most, uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. I, I'm glad to have that separated. Anyway, of course, I'm your host. Uh, I'm everybody else in the world that is not you guys. I don't, I don't understand why people care so much about business, and I'm not particularly good at my job. So uh, whatever bad fate's going to befall me, I guess let it bring it on. I mean, my name's Alex. <laughs> you deserve it. All right, <laughs> I do. I'll deserve whatever happens. I, I've got a bad feeling that Ayn Rand is going to have to have me killed sooner or later in this book. I can just Ayn Rand. Ayn Rand is going to. It hurts me to say it. I'm not sure I can do it. it, it you know why? Because it sounds. It make, when you say it that way, it makes it sound like there's an I in. I. <laughs> <laughs> That's not even my bit. I can't. Oh, that wasn't the bit. This was so good. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> It feels like it's punching me in the vagina. <laughs> How would you know what that feels yeah, I like? Don't even... It feels like reading Atlas Shrugged. <laughs> well, now I understand it. I understand it in a lesser way than you guys do. Oh, right. <laughs> right. The... Uh, this would be a good time to mention that Nick is uh, on the abridged version. Oh, you lucky bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I figure my commitment to pain is only a fraction of your commitment to pain, so... Right, and also as a guest, you're not entitled to the money, the fame, or the sex that we get for being on this show, so... (laughs) Alex, I talked to HR, she did not know what you were talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, uh, we're rolling out some changes in the way we run the program from here on out, trying to make it better for you, the listener. Uh, One of those things is that uh, we're going to put the summary before the compliment sandwich. Some people seem to think that having the summary after the compliment sandwich leaves a bad aftertaste. What? Is that a joke? Uh, It was. Never mind. Uh, Anyway, (laughs) by special request, we've decided to move the summary earlier. So, Chris... Here is your challenge for today's summary. Okay. Normally, we'd give you between 10 and 20 seconds to summarize, but that's for four-hour reading assignment. Since this was 12, I'm going to give you the full 60 seconds. However, the catch is that you have to summarize the book in the style of an old-time railroad tycoon. <laughs> oh, wow. Get out your mustache. Nice. <laughs> I can do this. Cool. I'm ready. Right. I'm ready. Six seconds on the clock. We'll begin when you say your first word. Go. Well, the whole world is just one one big collective. We're all just one big group pulling all together. And, uh, well, I run railroads. Uh, my name is Jim Taggart, and my sister's called Dagny Taggart, and she's an uptight bitch, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and she thinks she can do better than we all have. Well, there's this line out, out there. Oh, sorry, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Nick, your enjoyment of this is cutting into his 60 seconds. It's still running. Well, there's this whole to do with the train in the American Southwest. Uh, something about a, a Central American uh, Latin Lothario and my sister got together. And, uh, <laughs> and something about railing steel. It's this new steel. It's tougher than normal steel. They're making the rails out of it. Well, it's putting me out of a job. Putting us all out of a job. <laughs> Anyway, this book's too long, and it's mostly about rape. (laughs) (laughs) You're beautiful. Thank you, Chris. One second under. That was really good. I don't think we need to do the rest of the show. I think think we just peaked. (laughs) Oh, hang on. I'm going to take take an out of the cave. (laughs) Pardon me, boy. Is that the Chattanooga Juju? Yes, yes, track 29. Boy, you can give me a shine. Can you afford to board Chattanooga? Okay, so that, that means that it, it, now that you know the plot of the book, we can start telling you what we like and don't like about it. So, like good criticism, we have a compliment sandwich and put all the hate in the middle. So, Nick, as the guest, as always, you have the choice to be first or last in the major compliment round. What do you prefer? For this particular compliment, I know for a fact that no one is going to steal it, so I'm going to go last. (laughs) Ah, Very strategic. Ezra, you are up first today. All right, great. So in the intro, Rand says, I trust no one will tell me that such men as I write about don't exist. That this book has been written and published is my proof that they do. And I was wondering, what kind of men is she talking about? And I realize now, it's men that will do absolutely anything to sleep with really, really fucked up women. Because <laughs> that's the only way this book got published. <laughs> See, it's proof that it, it has nothing to do with what she looks like and everything to do with how she does. Yeah. Because no one would be barking up that tree if they just saw it from across the meadow. <laughs> Uh, she has now topped my list of, of women or men, living or deceased, who I do not want to have sex with. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Uh, Chris, your first oh, major compliment. Yeah, um, so as an ex-high school tennis player, uh, I wanted to compliment the tennis scene. <laughs> and not for any any real reason of the writing or, a, you know, really uh, anything about the tennis, because... Near as I can tell, she doesn't know how tennis is played. <laughs> but my compliment is, if at all, this inspired David Foster Wallace to write about tennis. <laughs> I, I, I must compliment it. So. <laughs> Your compliment is that this came temporally before a better tennis writing. Yeah. She seems to really prefer writing about games and sports that she doesn't understand. The only other Rand that I've read uh, had her talking about chess. And how, oh, she right. can't stand, how she can't stand chess because it's not an accurate depiction of warfare. <laughs> <laughs> she much prefers Stratego, where the spy doesn't have to say who he is. <laughs> All right, uh, that makes it my turn for the major compliment. So I've noticed a recurring theme in a lot of the stuff that we've done on this show that at one point, one of the characters like either looks at the camera or speaks to, to another character in the book and says exactly how I'm feeling about the work itself. <laughs> and it's a magical moment. And uh, in this case, it was the wonderful character of Lily, the steel tycoon's wife. Mm-hmm. And she's talking to her husband, and he mentions something about work, and she says, 
don't be stuffy about your damn railroad. I hate businessmen. They're dull. <laughs> and I went, yeah! <laughs> yeah, this is pretty dull. And it's just about railroad. I want to <laughs> hang out with Lily at one of her parties. And the rest of these characters can all go fuck themselves. <laughs> That's right. Where, where are the utilities? And where's free parking? <laughs> all right, Nick, that, uh, that brings it to your turn. Yeah, all right. Well, so for what it's worth, my uh, abridged version is narrated by Ed Herman. Who's that? He is the grandfather of Rory in the CW slash WV teen TV show, The Gilmore Girls. Oh, of course, The Gilmore Girls. I love that guy. <laughs> yeah, so, oh, of course, The Gilmore Girls. <laughs> the, the thing that I just I really want to compliment <laughs> Ayn Rand on is getting Ed Herman to do <laughs> yeah, that was a good the narration. Yeah. <laughs> good get. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there. Now we're going to introduce a new segment, which I'm going to call Hate Boggle, uh, which is both how I feel about the game itself and our version of it. We've each written down five about things that we think are the worst parts of this book, and we're going to go through it, take what turns one at a time saying things, and we'll, we'll just, no points, everybody loses because it's Boggle, uh, and no one is better because of this, but uh, we'll just see who else has got the same things on their list, so. Oh, okay. Cool? Yeah. yeah. So... Uh, I'll, I'll start out uh, the who is John Galt conceit, worst part of this book. Because we don't want our readers to, to have to read this book to fill in the details ever, can we just say that people say this when they're like, why ask a question with a difficult answer? Yeah, I hate that, that she thinks that that is intriguing and that we should care about. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Anybody else got that? No. Yeah, actually, I had, I had that down as a plus. I thought I just translated in my mind to go fuck yourself anytime someone said that. <laughs> <laughs> Ayn Rand, who is John Cole? <laughs> Sick burn. All right, somebody else. It ruined sex for me. <laughs> yeah. I have the sexuality in this book is totally weird and creepy. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's actually for my compliment, so I'm going to have to hold that one off. <laughs> my second compliment is about the sex. We should talk about the sex in its entirety at some point. We should, uh, we should do that. Do you want to do that now or do you want to do that later? Later. All right, who else has uh, has one they want to mention? Yeah, I've written down pretentious nonsense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and what I mean by this is not it's it's not even dialogue which we've been talking about or characterization or even plot. There's just there's stretches of prose that don't make any sense, such as a drop of pain moved within him like a raindrop. Its course the shape of a question mark. <laughs> Oh. A drop of pain <laughs> moved within him like a raindrop in the shape of a question mark. What is that supposed to mean? It's just inscrutable bullshit. That's what this is. Uh, here's something else that makes my list. I hate the constant feeling the characters are there just to illustrate a person that Ayn Rand likes and what she wants to see or that it's somebody she hates. Like, I got that one. I got that one. Yeah, I, I have uh, written down, whiniest straw man ever. Yeah. <laughs> I have written down no characterization at all, just archetypes bumping into one another. I have uh, caricatures of <laughs> yeah. characters. Um, <laughs> I think the one thing that has got that we didn't get was the straw man aspect of it, which I actually no. I've got straw played. man. I've got that nice. written down. Oh, um, that's my third one. <laughs> You're like bingo, bingo. 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 Got it. 
right, that's um, that's the money one then, because every character, the ones that were supposed to hate, say the things that nobody in the world says. <laughs> These are fights that like, what's happening. Uh, this is a time when nobody wrote melody anymore. Everybody <laughs> yeah, just. What the uh... fuck? <laughs> The, the worst offense that I've come across so far of the character uh, sort of straw man argument is where they find the motor that turns the static electricity in the air into kinetic energy, right? And yeah. she brings it to some scientists, and they're like, well, oh, no, we couldn't take this because you know what that would do? Who We wouldn't be able to build anything else, and all the scientists now would be – their feelings would be totally hurt, <laughs> and we couldn't like – I couldn't possibly hurt all their feelings by accepting this new great invention. This is not <laughs> what this work. This is not a sixth grade clip. <laughs> I, it, it kills me. I keep waiting for like her just to drop the charade and be like, "All right, capitalism man thinks altruism man is a little bitch." Like, <laughs> I have the worst thing, and this thing has been troubling me. Um, okay, guys, everything else has been a warm-up. <laughs> yeah, this this one is, is, is really freaking me out. Um, that it's a convincing. And the reason why it's 1,400 pages is to brainwash you, <laughs> right? If you read this shit long enough... I mean, so I, I do feel like I've been brainwashed, but since I don't actually understand much of what's going on, the things I'm like thinking don't make sense anymore. So I, like, I take a shower, I look down, I'm like, huh, who was John Galt? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I've been I've been falling asleep to this, right? Because I would listen to it at night, and I'd wake up, and it'd be two chapters later, and I'd have to rewind and listen to the same shit over again. I feel like if it was convincing, I'd be inoculated by now, and I gotta say, I'm not convinced. <laughs> You've just had little bits, and your your immune system and rationality have been able to build a defense against the disease. That's right. My R-cell count <laughs> is very high right now. <laughs> And awesome. do you mean like you laid down and listened to this right as you were going to sleep, or you were falling asleep to this because you were listening to it? Because that was my problem. You know, it happened multiple times <laughs> in both situations. <laughs> like I was like, you know, I, I I'm traveling for work. I'm in a hotel room. Let me just lay down on the bed. I'll I'll listen to this and just chill out. And all of a sudden, I wake up. It's two hours later, and I can't tell that anything different has happened in the book. <laughs> But it's been paying, playing for two hours. Uh, well, you know? I kept doing. I kept. Fall, I I did fall asleep a lot of times to this, which has not happened to any, no matter how bad whatever everything else we're reading has been. I have not had the falling asleep problem nearly this bad. And I wake up and I'm like, this is probably about where I was anyway. <laughs> I can't. I, I was probably not out for more than a second because it doesn't change. I'm gonna give it to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm fine. Yeah, which brings me to my to. I think the trump card. The worst thing about this. Is its length? It's really fucking long. <laughs> I don't know if you've got this by now, but since we've been over and over again harping on its length, it's too long. I know. I I find that the 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 read has gone quite briskly, and I have not. I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you know, guys. My main question was, how did it get to be so long? All right, and I I did figure it out. She spends basically as much time describing what isn't there as what is there. So here are some sentences just in the first hundred pages. There is no hostility in his face. There is no gaiety in her face. There is no emotion in his voice. There is no flattered pleasure in his voice. There is no guilt in his face. There is no boasting in his manner. There is no sparkle of life in his face. There is no touch of humor in his face. First hundred pages, all right? Cover every emotion he's not feeling right now. He was not especially hungry. Or was he sweating? 
that's where 1100 pages is born. That's awesome. Because <laughs> we're listening to the audiobook, right? But it's an older audiobook, so they do thing where he's like reads the covers and like tries to describe the book a little bit. He's like, the book is a billion pages long. <laughs> no, whatever it is, it's like fourteen hundred or something. And the way when he said it, even he sounded kind of daunted by like, it. The guy who got hired didn't realize that it was going to be that long. He's like, "Wait, wait, yeah, I'm he was, this is the beginning of this recording. I miss my wife already." <laughs> He's like, "Well, shit, I'm I'm sixty five. I'm not sure I'm going to make it through this." <laughs> we should have hired a younger reader. <laughs> I, I don't know. We haven't gotten the whole way through. Maybe like he actually dies during the reading, and we have to like get it. We get a new. A young, like, chipper audiobook reader shows up and is like, I got it from here, you guys. And then Who then grows old and dies before that <laughs> book's out. <laughs> Uh, I think later we should talk about the sex, but right now, yeah. it's time for another Read It and Weep debate. So for this week's debate topic, which is cooler, steel bureaucracy or train bureaucracy. The book basically focuses on those two aspects of the world, at least for the first quarter, and I can't tell which one I'm less interested in. So, uh, today, to let us know, we have on the side of the steel bureaucracy, Chris. On the side of the train bureaucracy, the newcomer, the young up-and-coming challenger in this corner, Nick, wearing the train shirts. He's got a better theme song, Chris. You're already behind. Nice, Man of Steel. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, so, as with all debates, each debater will get to make three points in favor of their causes with brief rebuttals. Also, you will get one analogy for the analogy round, and there will be one ad hominem attack round. So... Ezra and I will be judging and then returning a split decision at the end. So, Chris, as as the steel, you get to go first. So please make your first point on why steel bureaucracy is more interesting than train bureaucracy or cooler. Point number one, smelting is awesome. <laughs> There's lots of fire and hot metal. And if you've seen the movie Flashdance, you know that that's not all business. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right, Nick, you can use this time for cross-examination or rebuttal. Go. What's the difference? Well, cross-examination, you would ask him questions. Oh, good point, good point. Moving okay. on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Nick, what is your first point? All right, my first point, why the train bureaucracy is superior, is because the description of trains involves the rare use of an actual literary device in Atlas Shrugged, <laughs> when she's talking about how the initial train routes look like a vein that had shot across the United States where the over, you know, abundance of blood and power have spilled into different offshoots. And I thought, hey, look at that. That'd be like what you'd say if you were a real writer. <laughs> All right. Interesting. Objection. Ezra, your, your objection. I looked up how many similes there were just by searching for the phrase as if. All right. <laughs> 1,200. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, Nick, it seems like uh, with no cross-examination needed, you're going to lose that one on the uh, on the grounds of a find and replace. Damn you, control <laughs> <laughs> All right. Chris, it's time for your second point. The second point, you don't have to work in the same office as Dagny Taggart. <laughs> <laughs> point of clarification. Is it not possible that you get to bang Dagny Taggart? It might be possible, but clearly, from the description of sex, which we'll talk about later... Yeah, we'll talk about that later, all right? <laughs> it would not be fun. <laughs> all right, Nick, what do, you have, what do you have for that one? I would like to say it with this, that you have proved my point, sir, insofar as your description of Dagny Taggart has painted her as cold and hard, just like what? Wait for it. Steel. <laughs> Booyah. Mm. <laughs> Uh, Nick, your second point. I would like to say that no one would care about the steel bureaucracy if we didn't have the train bureaucracy, because if not for the trains, we wouldn't need the steel. Uh, rebuttal? Yeah, please. You can make a lot more out of steel than trains, my friend. Name something. I don't know. End of Skyscrapers. <laughs> Skyscrapers! Objection! Sorry, sorry, you, Object were of, you, you were out of time. The judges are- he recrossed. He recrossed, all right? <laughs> you better watch out you're gonna get right crawled <laughs> <laughs> bailiff, bailiff. <laughs> <laughs> alright order 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 next his point was kind of funny I'm gonna let him go and you, you did not get in under the time so the, ju- the, the I'm gonna insist that all jury members forget that he said the word skyscraper ready go wait we just have two we have two judges there no, there's no jury alright Ezra on the count of three forget that he said that ready one two three Forget what. There hey, you go. Uh, good evening, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to Read It and Weep. <laughs> no, fast forward. Fast forward. <laughs> Skip to the end. We would like to thank you for tuning in to our previous sex <laughs> uh, version. <of> <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's time for your, your final point. Chris, begin. Unlike train bureaucracy, steel bureaucracy is about mining and smelting and being in the outdoors, which is rugged. And spending time in the mountains is fun. You're going to run into animals. And also you get more sunshine, so that's more vitamin D. And you're generally happier instead of uh, suicidal messes. Cross-examination and or rebuttal. All right, here's how it breaks down. (laughs) Aww. In the world of Atlas Shrugged, physical strength is not revered. What is revered is the ability... To make money and my train scheduling, my PDFs bring home the dollars. <laughs> Nick, you have one final point to make and then it'll be time for the analogy round. Go. All right. Let me put it to you this way. Without trains, it would be impossible for me to come across a man on a Saturday. Objection. <laughs> Did that sound no, gross sustained. to you? No, sustained. He said come across a man. <laughs> <laughs> Continue, Nick. <laughs> Come across a man who has recently urinated in his own jeans, vomited on his own shirt, and rolled over onto the woman next to him. Objection. I will not suffer character attacks of this nature. (laughs) (laughs) Overruled. I want to see where this goes. (laughs) Without trains, you would not be able to witness these people. Since moving to Chicago and riding public transit, I have seen some of the most horrific things you would ever imagine i've seen people just sit down on a chair with vomit already on it and i don't mean dried vomit i mean fresh vomit objection you're making me feel sick about your subject how is this helping you oh i think that's awesome i don't i think (laughs) oh that was a plus (laughs) chris easy rebuttal softball (laughs) 
You know, you say that without trains you couldn't see that stuff, but without steel you couldn't have had the trains or the rail or the buildings which people live in. Hey, Chris, Chris, we didn't, we didn't like to see that stuff. You just took responsibility for it also. That's terrible. <laughs> All right, we're gonna, that, that's a, that is a non-scoring round. <laughs> you guys like, Chris, we just handed him to you on a silver platter, and you're like, I'm not fucking hungry today. Well, uh, let's go to analogies, because it's chow time. <laughs> nice. Bonus point for that. That was good. All right, time for the analogy round. Chris, begin. All right. Steel is manly, and you can put your name on it like like your penis. And and trains are objection. Wait 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 wait. Yeah, what was that last one? <laughs> you can put your because Re- Reardon you know puts his name on everything, and, right? And you can you know name Reardon steel. You right? can name your steel just like you can you can name your penis. What is yours called? Little Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I'm calling mine Big Chris. How do you like that? That's probably an accurate holistic comparison. Thank you. Uh, I'm going to take that. Uh, sustained. Uh, overruled. Chris is winning. Nick, go. Trains are are much more clearly like phallic symbols than steel. When when a train goes into a tunnel, it's like birth and death at the same time. All right. Uh, I think it's deliberation time. Ezra, how are you feeling so far? Well, Chris is clearly the strong one, and, and Nick is a weak moocher. Yeah. But I suspect that Chris has been banging Dagny, and I can't get behind that. <laughs> uh, we will no. talk about the sex later. <laughs> uh, well, So importantly, I think Chris does have a lot of strong points, but a couple months ago I played this board game where you laid trains across the United States, and I enjoyed that game. So i got to go with Nick as well. Yeah. Nick, congratulations. You are this week's winner. Who is John Galt, guys? <laughs> Who is <laughs> So let's talk about the sex now. The sex made me genuinely uncomfortable. The end. <laughs> Come on. Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that make me. Let's talk about sex. Let's talk about sex. Let's talk about... Uh, well, uh, it's time to compliment and out. For the minor compliment, we go in the reverse order. Nick, you are up first. What do you have to say? Oh, what I liked is that this book, unlike many uh, awful books, warns you of the impending pretentious mess that you're about to endure. And it's before you even get to the title. It's when someone whose name is clearly Anne asks to have it pronounced Ein. You're just like, okay. I now, like, and if you don't know what you're getting yourself into, when someone whose name is possibly one of the simplest <laughs> names in the English language. They're like, no, 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 no. I'm- no, 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 guys, from now on, I am Cherise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so my, compl- my, my compliment is that her name as an author lives up to the pretentiousness of the entire work. <laughs> this work can John my galt. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, so that makes it my turn. So for my minor compliment, the mystery guy that everybody wants to be like, the one we're just making fun of, his name is John Galt. John G. 
So there's a good chance that we could trick the guy from Memento into killing him. <laughs> Don't believe his lies, guy from Memento. Um, so my compliment is actually um, has to do with the time frame of this book uh, in context of the fashion. <laughs> so I know that I said that everybody wears suits and that sucks. But when everybody wears dresses and looks nice, it's kind of like it has kind of a 50s, maybe just like early 50s, late 40s aesthetic. Which is uh, totally happening. People knew how to dress back then. And uh, I like the skirts. It's what everybody on Project Runway claims to be inspired by. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's totally legitimate to be inspired by that. I mean, you know, they had some really great stuff going on. Excellent. Ezra, that, that just leaves you. Okay. And then, you know, 36 more hours. <laughs> and then doing this three more times, Alex. Yeah. <laughs> Don't hate the player, hate the ain. <laughs> All right, you're off for another week on that one. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, so this is this is uh, an assist, I guess. Ayn Rand helped me uh, figure out uh, a problem here. So there's one great quote in this I thought actually was pretty good. A train is leaving Colorado. Like Thirty miles an hour. <laughs> okay, so here's the quote: Contradictions do not exist. Whenever you think you're facing a contradiction, check your premises. You will find that one of them is wrong. Okay, keep that in mind. As I was on IMDb, on the message boards, there's a movie coming out of Atlas Shrugged, right? And someone uh, had the subject. Yeah. No way. Oh my. Not till the end of the year, but yeah. It, so it should be. It should be 2011. Hopefully. Hopefully we won't oh, be doing this anymore. Oh, that movie's gonna last till 2012. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, the world will end, so that's a good time. Yeah. Yeah. And you'll get to see all the dresses. Yeah. So it'll be worth it. Oh, cool. All right. Okay, so um, here, here's the subject of this. Keep in mind that, that contradictions do not exist. The subject is, why does Atlas Shrugged not show up on best novel lists? <laughs> um, so basically, the guy says, like, I've been reading a lot of these top 100 English novel lists, and um, I think they've overlooked this. Atlas Shrugged is phenomenal. Why isn't it weird there? And the first guy says, because it's a god-awful turd. <laughs> so check your premises <laughs> this book isn't good <laughs> well that has brought us to the end of our show thank you everybody for being here thank you so much Chris and Ezra yep yep and thank you for coming back and joining us again, Nick. It has been a pleasure. I think I'm just going to read this just because. <laughs> You're really fishing for that invite back, aren't you, buddy? <laughs> uh, if, if you guys want more of stuff that Nick has a part to do, Nick is also a, a writer on a project called uh, The Hella True Fact of the Day, which you can check out at hellatrue.com, which is a uh, like the facts on a snack, Snapple cap but lies and funny things. Yeah, so you can check that out if you want hellotrude.com. Nick is a, a staff writer for that site. So anyway, we will have you again in the near future. So that's it. So join us again next week. Uh, you will be reading part two of four of the book. Uh, you can get the abridged version again from audiblepodcast.com slash weep. And that's it. We will talk to you again in seven short days. We're out. Bye. Were you a, a pig with a cold? Oink, 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 oink. that's what happened just now.
Alex here. It's not really a full mailbag or anything, but we just want to send a special thank you out to Rachel, who gave us a lot of great suggestions, which we have tried to incorporate into this episode. So let us know what you think about our constantly evolving format by sending us an email, podcast at readweep.com. That's read-weep.com. Also, we desperately need more Facebook fans, so if you like us and are not our fan on Facebook, you really need to go to facebook.com slash weep all one word, and make that happen right away, because this is how our self-esteem can be made or broken. Thank you. That's right there. Oh, yeah.